Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. I'm delighted to host this podcast and share key trends and innovations for each of the 25 industries we serve. At SAP, we like to say that we speak the language of our customers, and this language is industry. We've been supporting all industries for more than 50 years now, and it's exciting to launch this podcast and discuss with industry experts the business value that they get from our solutions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. My name is Tom Raftery, and with me on the show today, I have my special guest, David. David, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Tom. Uh, my name is uh, David Klein. I'm the co-founder and president of uh, Inspectorio. What that means in practice is I oversee uh, product development. Nice to meet you, Tom, and thank you, uh, everybody, for, for listening. Thanks, David. So what's Inspectorio? We are a digital platform that focuses on quality management, production management, and compliance management. We're built as a network platform, so we allow factories, suppliers, and brands and retailers collaborate across those three activities by digitizing that production process, providing automation, uh, actionable insights, and a machine learning and AI for, for a lot of predictability. Okay, superb. And you came to us, we, we became aware of you through the SAP IO Accelerator program, is that correct? That is correct indeed, yes. Okay, superb. So, so David, what kind of problems were you seeing there that you had to solve for yourself and now that you're solving for others? Yeah, so when we look at the production chain, again, there's three main pillars. There's quality management, production management, and compliance management. And within each of these different uh, activities, there's a lot of inefficiencies, a lot of manual work, uh, time to get any form of reporting or actionable insights takes you know, a lot of time. It's very hard to collaborate across uh, the different stakeholders within a production chain that is factories and suppliers. And once you do have that information and you're turning it into reporting, it's very hard to make that reporting actionable. Um, managing corrective actions across all of this uh, massive supply chain also becomes very hard. Um, so we looked at the problem in a way where we wanted to replicate that interconnected nature of supply chains, which means building a solution that is a platform where factories, suppliers, and brands and retailers are all part of that network and have one instance, right? Software is you install it, you custom adjust it to your own operations. Here, it's a platform. That means everybody has one instance. You connect, so you don't have to input data in multiple different places. And we've digitized all of those operations as the foundation, right? And once you've digitized those operations, then you can start bringing a lot of automation so that you can start moving your activities from manual to a lot more value-added activities. Um, and once you're automating, that's when then you can start using that data to bring a lot of actionable insights, right? Understanding trends, understanding benchmarks, really being able to identify where do I need to put my focus? And then um, because we had built that infrastructure in the way where we knew that data was ultimately the most, the, the greatest asset, we started using um, algorithms, proprietary algorithms to start then predicting where are you going to have quality issues, where you might have production delays, where you might have 
other environmental or social risk um, with the ultimate goal of having a, a platform that allows you to manage all of these different activities really by, by exceptions. Okay, and how long ago was all this? This was, uh, we started five years ago. Okay, okay, superb. And what stage are you at now? I mean, you mentioned you've you've come through the SAP IO Accelerator. Uh, have you got, for example, customers you can speak of with outcomes you can talk to? Yes. So uh, first, in terms of where we are as of today, we started with quality, right? Addressing the quality management aspect of, of the production chain. Um, and, and that is our, our most mature offering. Um, then we moved to compliance management. Um, that was the, just the natural evolution. Um, and very recently after uh, we announced our our, our series, uh, just before announcing our, our series B, um, we uh, have launched uh, only a month and a half ago, a production tracking um, solution. Um, it's our, our third offering. So you can track a production at any stage of the of the production chain. Think of it as a time and action calendar, uh, just digitized. Um, and the we, you know we work with three out of the five largest brands and retailers um, in the world. Some of them are the largest in the U.S. and in Europe. Um, and the level of adoption for these large brands and retailers that started with quality that then have moved to compliance are now moving into into production tracking. Overall, we work with uh, more than 8,000 companies because a lot of these large brands and retailers have um, thousands of suppliers and and thousands of of factories. In terms of outcome, um, you know, if we look at digitization as a journey, right, we've digitized all of those operations. Thanks to the automation, things can be done a lot more efficiently. Um, and by leveraging AI, a lot of predictability. So what that means is we've seen on the quality space, uh, you know, significant improvements when it comes to defective rates. Um, we've seen uh, a lot of uh, improvements uh, on defective rates overall for the whole supply chain of of suppliers and factories and doing that with a reduction in cost, which is a formula that in the past was very hard to even conceive because typically when you want to approach quality or compliance issues, it's we need to add more money, more oversight, and that naturally turns out into more money. But when you actually look at the bottom line, quality doesn't move and then compliance doesn't get better. Here, we were able to prove that you can improve compliance and you can improve quality while reducing your budget. Why? Because you're just using those resources a lot more efficiently. You're maximizing those resources by taking action only when it's needed, only where there's risk. Okay, interesting. Now, obviously, 8,000 people on board, some very large retailers. How do you do that as a startup? Because very often large organizations are hesitant to work with startups because of the inherent risk. So how do you how do you get over that? Yeah, well, a couple of things. I think that large companies, enterprise in particular, are starting to realize that uh, them trying to do it themselves doesn't work, right? They have massive teams of engineers and they've tried to innovate internally by building their own solutions. And 
you know, they're not a technology company <laughs> and the speed in which they need to innovate, the speed in which they need to be able to deliver value um, is just not worth it. And, and they've tried, they con- some of them continue to try and they continue to fail. Um, and service companies that have been providing the service of quality and the service of, of, of audits and compliance, it's the same. A lot of them have tried to add their own technology branch to it and they continue to fail. We are a technology company at heart. That's what we do. That's why we specialize. And uh, you know, brands and retailers, enterprise companies in general, are starting to realize that you know, let's let these specialists work in what they do best, um, and find ways to address the potential risks. What are those risks? Right, security and data privacy. Right. So for us as a company, from day one we recognized that we needed to bulletproof everything connected to security and data privacy, right? So we have a, a, a very robust program and we go through very rigorous evaluations um, across you know, our, our contracts with these large enterprise uh, companies. So that's something that we knew uh, from the beginning. Second, we also knew that we needed to be able to scale the operation also very, very fast and very, very well because you need to deliver value quickly. These are supply chains that are all over the world. So uh, working really well on making sure that our product is very easy to implement, right? Very flexible when it comes to adapting to the different production processes, because there's many variations within one company, but even more across multiple companies, right? So making the product extremely easy to use and obsessing over understanding the user, right? Um, And I think that is what companies, enterprise companies are realizing that just technology product companies do better. Okay, very good. And obviously, any kind of platform play is very subject to the network effect. So how do you so for for people who are listening who might not understand what the network effect is, basically, when you invent, for example, a phone, say Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone, by itself, it was useless because there was no one he could ring because he had the only phone in the world. So then you get you, you invent a second phone and suddenly, you know, the two phones are relatively valuable. But once you start getting four phones and 10 phones and a million phones, each new phone adds value to the network because it's one more node that can contact everybody else. And exponentially, the value starts to increase. So in, in a platform play like yours, David, how I mean, when you start out, you are a startup with very, you know, with 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 one, <laughs> one, one, one phone, as it were, how do you how do you how do you get that platform to be more valuable for everybody? Yeah, so good question, Tom, and, and actually I'll answer it in two parts. First of all, how do you how do you build a network? And then second, what's the value of the network? Right. So I think point number one is when, when you look at, again, that, that interconnected nature of supply chain is that the, a supplier that produces a shirt for brand or retailer A also is a supplier that produces a very similar shirt for, for, for brand or retailer B, right? So in essence, 
brands and retailers have many supply, common suppliers and factories. Mm. Um, and so our strategy was to first uh, go to the, what we call power users, right? Large brands and retailers, understanding their pains really, really well and understanding also what are the pains for the suppliers and the factories. And a lot of those pains were that they had to operate in multiple different systems, right? They were purchasing just software. And so they were logging in to, um, you know, disclose X, Y, and Z information or, or manage the operations for one client in one system, they would go and do the exact same thing for the other client on the other system. And when you sit on the chair of the supplier, if you want to evaluate quality, to give an example, you're having to then kind of export and then paste the data from all of these different systems for you to understand how am I performing overall? Where do I have more issues, right? Where am I having problems that I can focus on to improve my quality, which ultimately improves the quality for, for my client? That was impossible, right? So um, we started approaching first the brands and retailers because then they would naturally mandate their suppliers and their factories to start using Inspectorio. And as soon as the suppliers and the factories started realizing value, of this, then they start operating inspector for their own operations and then inviting their other brands and their other retailers to also join. And so that's how the network started expanding. Mm. Um, now, where's the value of this network? And, and you know, if you don't build a solution from the get-go with this, with the right data infrastructure and the right data pipelines to manage this, it's you know impossible. To, to actually realize upon that predict uh, that uh, value that you're you're hoping to to achieve um, and then just technically it, it doesn't work um, and so because we have the right data pipelines the right data infrastructure what we do is we take all of that information right we anonymize it and then we're able to assign uh, through our own proprietary algorithms what is the risk associated for a particular supplier or a particular factory and based on that risk that it is being like it, it's being uh, defined by data that is being generated by the whole network. So what that means is every single activity that takes place makes everybody else smarter. Everybody else is benefiting without you necessarily to your point about security and data privacy disclosing that this particular activity was done for client A or client B, right? That gets completely anonymized. So the more any person uses, any user uses the platform, everybody else benefits by being able to have a much more accurate and effective way of understanding risk. And not only at the facility level, but also at a particular product category or style level um, as well. And that's where it becomes a very, very powerful. Uh, interesting. And I mean, I can understand in the in the quality space, but compliance is a very different animal. Um, there are different compliance rules and regulations in every different region. So how are you helping customers with that? Yeah, very good point. So when we look at compliance, there's two parts, right? There's all of these regulatory expectations that governments have, and they're only becoming more and more strict. Mm. Um, and then you have your own internal codes of conduct with your own programs that you're evaluating on a continuous basis to be able to then uh, compare against your own uh, standards, right? So you have your own code of conduct. Then you have, let's say, government's quote-unquote codes of conduct. Um, and the data that you're generating 
from your own proprietary audits or even third-party audits that you're using for your own evaluation of, or, of the standards of your facilities against your own codes of conduct or against the regulations of the governments, this is all, these are all data points that provide you very interesting insights of potential areas of risk when it comes to you know, social standards or environmental standards. But when we look at social standards and environmental standards, besides this data that you're capturing yourself directly through your proprietary audits or through third-party um, standards, this is data that exists publicly, right? You can understand, um, you know, to what extent do we have law that is mature enough that you can uh, have greater confidence that X, Y, or Z policies uh, are being implemented effectively in one particular region to the other. There's intrinsic risk on social standards or environmental standards, depending on the region. So then that's the third component. Let's think of it as an external component that you're bringing in. So once you have these three and you have the right, again, uh, algorithms to um, look at that and evaluate that information, then you're able to also assign risk when it comes to compliance, right? So there's those three uh, sources um, and simple things like, you know, a particular certificate or a particular document is about to be expired. That's a risk. Why? Because if it gets expired, then I won't be compliant to a particular regulation, right? So being able to centralize that information in a very efficient way, being able to quickly identify what is what are potential areas of risk of non-compliance and what are potential areas of risk of not meeting particular standards against my own code of conduct is how at Inspectorio we provide a lot of value. But then more so, ultimately, if you do find an area of improvement, you need to be able to actually take action, right? Like what are those corrective actions? And if you don't have a mechanism to manage those corrective actions at scale and effectively, then you're never gonna be able to actually move beyond compliance. And I think that's a very important point, right? It, compliance, just for the sake of compliance is one thing, but ultimately what you know more and more brands and retailers are recognizing is we need to move beyond compliance. And for that, you need the ability to, you know, centralize the data, make sure that the data has the right levels of in integrity, that you're able to collaborate effectively and that you have the right tools and mechanisms to be able to you know, manage those corrective actions. Everybody's seeing information as a single source of truth. Yeah, makes sense. So where to from here? What are, what are your plans, you know, apart from global domination, what are your plans for the next five <laughs> to 10 years? Yeah. So um, very recently, I'll, 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 I'll speak. What are our immediate plans, and then what are <laughs> what are our goal for five, ten years? So immediately, you know, we we just raised our Series B, a very important raise, fifty million dollars. Congratulations! Um, and w thank you so much. And with that, uh, well, first, you know, we, we're we're putting a lot of efforts on on continuing to grow our, our production tracking um, solution. Right, the, the the COVID situation or disruptions in supply chains made it clear that many companies don't have the finger on the pulse of what's that status of production, and you need that in order to become a lot more resilient in how you react in the future. Right, having that clear understanding of where your supply chain is at all times makes you resilient and makes you able to be agile and pivot and move quickly. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're doubling down on that, going all the way down into the shop floor uh, of, of factories, uh, help them digitize uh, effectively and getting them prepped 
for the future, right? They recognize that more and more demands are going to come from brands and retailers that require them to have the right uh, digital infrastructure. So that's um, uh, one point. And because we work with you know thousands of factories, we understand really well their pains and 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 the considerations that we need to take into account when we build product. Second is traceability. You know, I think again to the point of regulations becoming more and more strict. We have the you know the German law, the WRO in the United States. We have new laws coming in in France. And, you know, our, our compliance module has always been built with the goal of, of you know, helping companies uh, achieve their sustainability goals. So now traceability is a component of compliance that is becoming more and more important. So we're we're also um, very active in um, building um, a solution for, for traceability. It's still a, a hot and new topic. Mm. Companies are still trying to understand what is the best way to achieve that, and there isn't yet a, a solution that is able to to provide a you know a, 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 the, the the solution that is solving all of those problems, and more so how to do that effectively, right? So we're we're doubling down uh, on that, and, and naturally, when you look at traceability and you have that, that ability, you know, to map your whole supply chain, understand product all the way at the origin, then it becomes. A very interesting that connection that we already have, you know, with quality. You want to do lab tests at particular, um, you know, uh, points on your supply chain. You want to do fabric inspections. You want to validate some of those documents. So it's very complementarity to our other solutions. Um, and then, lastly, we also know that the world is moving towards carbon neutrality. Mm. So a natural evolution of of our traceability offering is to be able to on um, to map a carbon footprint and then have the mechanisms to set thresholds and try to set targets and therefore work towards reducing that. So what does that mean for the future is we see Inspectorio as that one-stop shop, that one platform where you're able to manage all of your quality, production, compliance, and this extending, of course, to traceability and and, and carbon monitoring, right? Science-based targets monitoring. Uh, and what that means is, you know, our goal is to become the de facto operating system for companies to manage their supply chain. Lovely. Very nice. Super. David, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Is there any question that I have not asked that you wish I did or any aspect of this we haven't touched on that you think it's important for people to be aware of? Thank you, Tom. No, I think uh, we've, we've covered it all. Um, if uh, anybody wants to uh, know more about Inspectorio or wants to know to whom to reach out to, uh, I welcome you all to to visit our, our web page. Uh, there's you know, more information and in a lot more layman terms perhaps than, than what you've heard uh, me explain today. So, you know, take your time to review all of our offering um, and that is www.inspectorio.com. Um, that would be the best place to know more about uh, Inspectorio. And if people want to know more about yourself? Uh, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I it will be a little crazy for me to give the, the exact URL, but yeah, if you go to uh, on LinkedIn to Inspectorio, um, and then uh, you can find me, David Klein, co-founder and president at Inspectorio, and shoot me a message. Uh, more than happy to to speak to you directly. Cool, and we'll put a link to your LinkedIn uh, account on the notes of this podcast. So great, super, David. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Tom, and just the brother SAP team for the invitation um, and, you know, for the uh, inspect, uh, sorry, inspector, the um, 
SAP IO program and, you know, we're in the SAP store. Uh, so for all of you that already have an SAP um, system implemented uh, for any parts of your supply chain, just know that if you find us on your SAP store, we already have out of the box integrations to make that potential implementation of Inspector a lot more seamless. Um, so again, thank you so much for the invitation. Always a pleasure and all the best. Super. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. If you want to explore our industry portfolio to find the solutions you need to run your business better, faster and simpler, please visit us at sap.com slash industries.